Hi, everyone. This is Chris Walder here at Walder Sports on Twitter, formerly of The Score and Bleacher Report. And you are listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Quibert Aran, your co-host, and today I've got the man from down under with me, the NWB, me, Wallace Bruce. How's it going? G'day, g'day. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Pleasure to be back on with you, Kobe. How's things at your end? Good, buddy. Good. I'm sorry you couldn't come away with a medal at the FIFA Women's World Cup, but say la vie, you did well enough. Indeed. It was uh, a great tournament, uh, great crowds. Everything was pretty good all around, and... um yeah, I look forward to the the future for the team, and I feel like the, the Men's World Cup might be heading to Australia in the near future. Really? Okay, we'll see. We'll see. But we're not going to talk any soccer today. we got a lot of things to talk about. And today we are lucky enough to have a sports journalist and analyst who has contributed his insight and genius to some of the most successful sports platforms on the internet. Basically put, he knows his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Chris Walder. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing good. That's quite the intro. I mean, if, if Bleacher Report and The Score have anyone to thank for all of their success, it's certainly me. So, uh, again, uh, thank you for the uh, lovely introduction. I appreciate it, gentlemen. I'm certain they know. I'm certain they know. Now, we got a lot of topics to cover, but before we actually started the recording, you and me were talking a little bit of Toronto Raptors, so let's start there. Sure. What do you see for the Raptors this particular season? What what can we expect from them? I would say it's just another rebuilding year. I mean, a lot has changed with the roster, obviously losing Fred Van Vliet in free agency, although Raptors Twitter would tell you otherwise. Uh, it's still a pretty big vacancy at point guard that will hopefully be, be filled by Dennis Schroeder, who's having himself uh, some pretty strong outings with Germany uh, in those FIBA introductory games for the World Cup. So hopefully he can kind of do his best to fill in that void. But again, the Raptors, I mean, their days as being kind of like an, an elite top-level Eastern Conference playoff contender I don't think that's the case any longer I think the version of what we saw from them last year is more of an indicator of their immediate future I think this season is going to be a lot of getting Scotty Barnes more involved in the offense I'm curious to see what the draft pick Grady Dick can do as an outside shooter something the Raptors have desperately needed for quite some time and to see what happens with Pascal Siakam as well if he's going to be uh, sticking around for the long haul or if he's going to be moved prior to the trade deadline so a lot of moving pieces at the moment uh it'll be interesting for fans like myself but maybe for outsiders who don't follow the team as diligently as i do maybe it'll be a year to forget is it a playoff capable team Certainly, uh, they're in the conversation for the play-in. Again, I, I, I joked last year that, you know, with those top teams in the East, like the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, they wouldn't want to play the Raptors in the first round just because of the experience that they have. I don't know if that'll be the case in 2023, <laughs> 2024, but, uh, you know, the op optimist in me would think otherwise. So, fingers crossed they have a strong year, but again, I'm not expecting a great deal of success. Fair enough. I'm, I'm with you there. 
Jeez, I was hoping that we'd, you know, start an upbeat note, you know, some positivity <laughs> in the building, but it sounds like it's going to be another rough winter for Toronto fans because the Blue Jays are seemingly out of the playoffs, as we record, on a 22nd of August. They're, they're scrapping to get in. I have zero hope for the Leafs, um, as most people in the city do. And the other tenant at Scotiabank Arena, you've just told me that they might not be going very far either. So, um, good thing there was wrestling at Scotiabank Arena the other day. Were you at the uh, the event last Friday night, Chris? No, unfortunately, I wasn't. I wish I was now in retrospect because it looks like uh, Edge, that might be his last match for the foreseeable future, if not his entire career. So wrestling fans in Toronto are awesome. They always have some of the best crowds. Back in the day during the Attitude Era, uh, the crowds were joked upon on air because they would always cheer for the bad guys and boo the baby faces. I think we've kind of gotten over that hump. It, It was called Bizarro Land, I think. I don't think we're Bizarro Land any longer, but really strong crowd from toronto we love our wrestling yeah and it seems like that's a that's a nationwide thing is you look at events in montreal and uh, on the west coast as well it always seems to be a great turnout when the the wrestling comes to town what do you think of the the landscape overall in canada for wrestling Well, I mean, just speaking personally, I was there over the summer for the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Crossover Forbidden Door at Scotiabank Arena. I took my wife there, who casually watches wrestling with me. I watch AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night, and she'll pop in, and and she'll pay attention every so often if if the match is intriguing. She's a big Jungle Boy Jack Perry fan. Uh, He's a bad guy now, though, so maybe not as much as as she used to be, but uh, it was just great being there in in front of a live audience. Audience that was like 18, 19,000 people there for AEW. And again, just the energy you feel. Nothing beats a, a live pro wrestling crowd, the chanting and whatnot. And you got a, a piece of that recently when the WWE was in Toronto uh, for SmackDown. That was a big show at Scotiabank Arena as well. So wrestling, it's not where it was maybe back in the mid to late 90s during the Attitude Era when the, the Monday Night Wars were happening. But I think it's still very strong. And the, the audiences and the live crowds we've had in Toronto were a pretty good indicator of that and i'd say it's pretty strong on the balance sheet as well seeing that the wwe and the ufc are now under the same umbrella seemingly one happy partnership what's your take on that yeah, I mean, I was I was personally surprised to hear about the relationship with Endeavor. Uh, obviously, it means a lot of uh, money and a lot of power going into WWE. Uh, the reason Vince McMahon is sticking around with the company, obviously, he's had his legal issues um, and the allegations placed towards him, but it looks like he's going to be a pretty prominent figure in this new relationship with Endeavor. I personally thought maybe a, a big corporation like Disney would have gotten into the fold to acquire WWE, but I think there's going to be a lot of wholesale changes now with the current product maybe we're not going to see a lot of on-air talent get the axe because when you see you know two companies essentially merge together like this a lot of people unfortunately end up losing their jobs for cost cutting that may be more behind the scenes in this case i'm curious to see what kind of an influence endeavor has on the on-air product because we know what's going to be happening behind the scenes and the people that are going to be in positions of power are we going to see changes to Raw and SmackDown? Are we going to see changes to the way they present their live events and their current relationship with Peacock, which is still going to be going, I believe, for the a few more years at the very least. So it, it's big for the WWE. What kind of changes it has for fans like myself, that remains to be seen. Interesting. And, and just on that point, 
you're obviously big into wrestling. Did you have an interest in MMA uh, prior to this? I used to have a, a, a pretty good uh, relationship with like the UFC. Uh, I back in the day when I was like in high school, when the, like the local Boston pizza would be playing all of the big pay per views. Like I was a big George St. Pierre fan. I saw a lot of his fights. Some of the newer fighters these days. I know Conor McGregor is still a big deal, but you're you're seeing a lot of new faces step into the limelight. Faces that I can't necessarily get behind or relate to. I think with Dana White in charge, he's kind of a controversial figure in his own right. I stick around for the pretty big fights, but I'm not as, you know, regular week-to-week, month-to-month as I used to be. Fair enough. Yes, with Dana White, the line's always drawn, and um, you know where you stand with him. Yeah, you had mentioned the Attitude Era earlier, Chris. When you refer to that, which fighters are you talking about at that time for wrestling? Well, I think that was just the like the pinnacle of of professional wrestling. You had some of the biggest names in the history of the industry all wrestling at the same time. I'm talking Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Triple H, The Undertaker. Like having all of these future megastars and WWE Hall of Famers all competing on a week-to-week basis on Raw and SmackDown. We don't have anything close to that anymore in in modern-day WWE. They have their select stars, but I dare to say the Roman Reigns' and the Cody Rhodes' and the Seth Rollins' of the world, they're not in the same stratosphere as a Steve Austin and The Rock, stars who transcended the industry, stars who ended up in Hollywood and are on television that are marketable and recognizable names. I don't think WWE has those guys currently, but the guys that they do, they kind of shove down their throats because that's essentially all they have. Okay, so is it a result of the the wrestlers themselves that are sort of failing in the marketing, or is it more from the business side of things? I would say it's a combination of both. I mean, there's only so much you can do as a performer to quote-unquote get yourself over. For example, I think one of the biggest names in WWE right now is someone that the company didn't necessarily have major plans for, and his name is L.A. Knight. If you're unfamiliar with him, he got over with his incredible mic work, his charisma, uh, you know, the entrance. It's it's incredibly over and with the live audience. And, and when I say over, I mean it's it's very popular. It garners a reaction. But again, there's only so much you can do when WWE, and, and this is just coming from an outside perspective, is that they have their favorites. You know, Roman Reigns has been the champion, uh, their WWE world champion for several years now uh, with no end in sight for his title reign. And guys that are popular with the audience, like Sami Zayn, for example, a a, a local boy here in Canada. He had his big moment recently challenging for the belt. The audience was behind him, but that, that ultimately didn't end up going in his favor. So, again, I feel for some of these performers, there's only so many spots at the top of the card. But I wish WWE would essentially take more chances with some of their talent because they could have some diamonds in the rough like an L.A. Knight who could really make them this company some more money. Now, you had said that you were surprised by the purchase by Endeavor. So was I. I think everyone had assumed that the cons were going to buy it. It was going to become part of the AEW. Were you also surprised at the, the growth of the AEW, how quickly it emerged as a major factor in the, in the area of wrestling? I mean, I'd, not as not as surprised as I thought I'd be. I'm, I'm probably more surprised of how quickly they've grown. Like, they've only been in existence for four to five years, and, and perhaps we'll talk about this later, but they have their biggest show, not only in company history, but in, in terms of attendance, it's the biggest cr- crowd in the history of professional wrestling coming up this Sunday 
AEW All In at Wembley Stadium in London, England, like for what's considered a secondary promotion, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even call it that. I would call it more of an alternative. Like before, you know, Triple H, who's now the head of creative with WWE, before he took over, a lot of hardcore wrestling fans were jumping ship from WWE because the creative wasn't strong, the writing wasn't there, the top superstars were out, and that created an opportunity for a company like AEW to kind of open up the woodwork, Tony Khan, the backing of his money and wrestling fandom, and now you have big names like Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and even former WWE superstars as well, like Christian Cage, for example, other performers as well. There's that secondary promotion that's as strong as, as perhaps any secondary promotion has ever been, with the exception of, you know, World Championship Wrestling uh, back in the late 90s when it was competing with WWE. I'm personally more so an, uh, an AEW fan than, than WWE. I've kind of jumped off that bandwagon, per se. I get more enjoyment out of out of the, the wrestling itself. I'm not as storyline-driven as maybe, you know, the fans who watch Raw and SmackDown on a weekly basis. So mm -hmm. I'm glad AEW exists. And for fans like me uh, who are more than excited to watch All In this weekend, I think it's just going to be a big moment for us all. Right on, right on. No, it's nice to see competition in the area. Now, it's sort of ironic, too, that, you know, WWE and, and UFC have basically merged because I remember a time where, as you would call it, the Attitude Era, but basically when WWE was at its height, a lot of people sort of jumped ship at that time because of the emergence of mixed martial arts, because it was a fan of wrestling who decided, I want to see something real and switch to mixed martial arts and of course, in that case, the UFC, now the two are merged. Do you think that merger benefits one more than the other? Uh, I would say maybe it benefits the UFC more. I think the WWE has its rapid fan base. Like, I think we're going to see a lot more cross-promotion, don't get me wrong. Now, mm -hmm. now I don't think you're going to start seeing UFC fighters competing in the WWE or superstars in wrestling getting into the, into the octagon and fighting on UFC events. Maybe occasionally on very rare circumstances, you'll see that level of crossover. But I think both companies are going to kind of essentially remain their own separate brands. You might start seeing, uh, you know, commercials and, and ads for WWE premium live, event, live events during UFC cards more so than perhaps it already is. But beyond that, I don't think you're going to see any drastic wholesale changes. I think everyone's going to kind of be in their own bubble. And I, again, I could be completely wrong by the end of the year and we start really seeing some crossover. But again, um, uh, I don't think that's ultimately going to happen. But who's to say? Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Just a wait and see approach in this case. Absolutely. Oh, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. He's my number one. Especially you saw the shenanigans going on. The 16-month uh, waiting period or whatever it is to jump back into the pool. He is ripe. He is ripe to join the WWE. <laughs> but uh, that's just my opinion. Bet US Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the US and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. You touched on Wembley. Yes, the AEW is out there this week, and Tony Khan is a name that I know very well because he's, he's obviously the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and he's the owner of Fulham FC. And he also tried to buy Wembley not too long ago. He tried to buy the stadium, I guess, presumably, so he could move the Jaguars in there. But maybe Trevor Lawrence has helped to put that to the side for 20 years or so. My question is, when it comes to AEW and the growth over time, 
they've obviously carved out a niche for themselves. What do you see for the future of AEW, uh, especially now that Endeavor has done its thing with the UFC? Can you see AEW maybe taking over another promotion or something like that? What do you see for them going forward? I think it's baby steps when it comes to AEW. I think what a lot of companies have done done in the past, and I, I take a TNA Impact Wrestling, for example, it's it's trying to do too much too quickly. I think AEW is in good hands with Tony Khan. They have their EVPs and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, guys who are still competing actively, and they have their expertise as well. They have this relationship, of course, with Warner Brothers Media, um, where they're going to get a pretty soon, if not already, a pretty large influx of cash. Uh, they obviously got their second uh, weekly program, with, or, or third if you count AEW Rampage on Friday nights. Now they have on Saturday nights, they have Collision. It's essentially a, a soft brand split. You know, you have the, the CM, Pucks, CM Punks and the Samoa Joes and the, the Bullet Club Golds of the world on Collision, and, and you have the Elite on Dynamite. And then obviously with this a HBO Max, this new streaming service, I anticipate AEW will get some sort of... Uh, you know, showing on there, whether it's their weekly programming or maybe just their vault of old pay-per-view events and old episodes of Dynamite and Rampage. I think that would be huge for them. But again, I think what, and like I mentioned, what a lot of companies fail to realize is that, you know, you want to be also in the perfect world, a direct competitor with the world wrestling entertainment, but WWE has a 30 to 40 year head start on everybody. So when you start comparing ratings or you start comparing revenue, you're not going to compete with that kind of wallet. I think AEW just needs to continue to act in its own world, not focus on what their competitor is doing, and just try to keep building their audience, keep trying to put out weekly quality television, and you'll continue to have moments like we're going to see on Sunday with All In, where you're breaking records and shocking the world. I think that's the the avenue that AEW needs to continue going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. Just, yeah, focus on your own house. Don't worry about the potential grass being greener on the other side. Exactly. You mentioned this name CM Punk. Now, whenever I jump on the socials on the weekend, especially when I look at yours, at Walter Sports on X or Twitter or whatever we're calling it that nowadays, <laughs> CM Punk, he seems like a polarizing figure. Is that correct to begin with? And how would you describe him? Yeah, I mean... I mean, if, if you're unaware, there was a, a major incident at a, an AEW event last year. Uh, it's it's quote-unquote called Brawl Out, where after the event, uh, CM Punk, they do press conferences at the end of every major event, and CM Punk got on the mic. He basically, you know, talked down the EVPs of the company, to put it lightly. Uh, you know, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Adam, Adam Page. He was talking about some of the legal issues he was experiencing with a now former friend of his and Cole Cabana. And this ultimately led to um you know them dropping their fists behind the scenes uh cm punk got suspended for an extended period as did kenny omega and the young bucks so when he came back punk now he's like this head honcho on aew collision he's their biggest star but he kind of has that baggage with him now stemming from that brawl out incident uh, a lot of fans of aew are hardcore kenny omega and young's buck young bucks fans so it's like the line in the sand you're either on one side or the other i think cm punk is great for business he's still a major name he's marketable to the to the hardcore wrestling fan like myself and whether he's getting major cheers or enormous booze i think all you can wish for as a performer is to get some sort of reaction out of the audience mm -hmm. so even though cm punk isn't the most popular person both on air and behind the scenes i still think he's a major asset to aew and i'm glad he's back 
competing in the squared circle. He has a big match coming up at All In against Samoa Joe. So I think he's he, he's carrying his weight at this point, and hopefully all all you know broken bridges can be mended, and we can start seeing some of these dream programs featuring CM Punk. Indeed. Now I have a question that's been on my mind all summer, so you're going to help me out with this. It's come to my attention that apparently you might be able to bet on some of these wrestling events moving forward. Is this is this correct? <laughs> yeah, ahead of most of the uh, AEW shows, they usually have ads for DraftKings. You can not only pick the winners, but you can pick how they go about winning, whether it's pinfalls, submissions. Is anyone going to interfere? Is anyone going to drop <laughs> an elbow from the top rope? It's kind of odd that you're, you're doing that for predetermined entertainment. Yeah. I'm sure mm. some people who are in the know can probably take advantage of that if they're not legally bind not to. Um, but I always find it odd. But then again, I think you know sports betting in general is kind of influxed in, in the fabric of professional sports now you see ads on all the major networks all of the major leagues are now promoted by you know not just DraftKings, but like i have a relationship personally personally with bodog canada for example i think it's just part of sports now yeah i i guess it's always it's always been out there in the world i feel like parts of north america are starting to catch up that's just it is what it is like it's it's been pretty big in europe and australia and asia so uh, the, but the wrestling thing interests me because <laughs> if I feel like if someone, as you say, if someone was privy to some of those uh, predetermined outcomes, you know, they could get their their spouse or their cousin to throw a few shekels down. I, I do wonder how that's going to be policed, if at all. Yeah, I need to start making some friends with some wrestling writers. If you know anybody, <laughs> hit me up at Walder Sports. I need to be in the know. I'm, I'm running out of money here. We'll have to form a Telegram group or something, and um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can't get on that. There's no way I could bet on a predetermined outcome event. That's no way <laughs> whatsoever. Well, I'm not doing great on basketball, <laughs> and that's not predetermined. So maybe I need to start betting on predetermined entertainment. That might be more in my uh, wheelhouse here. Okay. Now, speaking of entertainment, regardless of promotion, which wrestler do you say moves the needle the most right now? Uh, in professional wrestling as a whole, I would probably say Roman Reigns. Um, there's a reason that he's been the WWE World Heavyweight Champion for as long as he has. I think the ratings being as strong as they are on Friday Night SmackDown, they're continuously getting 2 million plus viewers, which is a number we haven't seen in quite some time. I think undoubtedly he's the biggest star in professional wrestling, and, and that's a difference between who's the best wrestler. If you were to say who's the best between the ropes, you know, I can give you a laundry list of guys like, you know, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, a few guys from New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Mm -hmm. But if you were to say, if you were to ask like the common fan, who's the, you know, someone who maybe watches, you know, every so often or, or hasn't caught up as much, who would they say is the biggest name in wrestling right now? I think it's, it's hard to dispute. It's Roman Reigns. Okay. And have you been following the New Japan World Wrestling closely? I have. Uh, they recently had their uh, G1 Climax, which is like a, a, a yearly tournament. It's a round-robin tournament that I, I follow pretty closely. Um, Tetsuya Naito emerged victorious this year against Kazuchika Okada in the finals. Two guys that I saw live in Toronto at that Forbidden Door event with AEW, which is one of the greatest uh, nights of my life. It was it was so awesome to see those guys live in person. But yeah, New Japan, it, it, it's not as strong as it once was. I think the pandemic really hurt them, especially with their live crowds not being able to not only 
reappear. But when they did re return, uh, there was a good extended stretch where they couldn't even make any noise based on the regulations going on in the country. But now they're getting some momentum again. Uh, we're seeing some guys uh, like Will Ospreay, for example, one of their biggest stars. He's going to be at AEW All-In in a pretty prominent match against Chris Jericho. So I'm rooting for New Japan. I think the more good wrestling there is out there, the better. And do you expect to see more of these cross promotions happening with AEW specifically? I, I would say so. They, they have a really strong relationship. I mean, obviously, they have their yearly pay-per-view for Ben and Door, which is the, the crossover we're all yearning for. I know um, Impact Wrestling has a crossover with New Japan as well. They recently held their Multiverse United show, um, which brought over some of the Japan guys. So that was a good thing for them. I, I wish wrestling in general, like I would, w I wish if WWE wasn't so intertwined in, in and of itself, mm -hmm. why not have the WWE versus AEW or have New Japan guys go over to the WWE. I think it just benefits the industry as a whole. But again, WWE sees itself more as sports entertainment while AEW and New Japan, you know, they focus more on the professional wrestling, which is why I gravitate towards that. Do we have any big development programs here in Canada? In what sense? Like individual promotions that are seeking out new Canadian talent. Uh, I, I used to follow it at every so often. There was a promotion here in Toronto and I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Actually, uh, a good friend of mine, um, Blake Murphy, he's one of the hosts over on Sportsnet 590, the fan, a uh, pretty big figure in Raptors Twitter. He actually called some matches himself uh, for a local promotion here in Ontario. But I think it's hard for some of these lesser indies to kind of gain some traction. I mean, you'll see some shows every so often down at the, I'm forgetting the name of the of the bar. I think it's the Hangar or something like that, where they'll have some live events. If I'm wrong, uh, my apologies. But again, when you're uh, when you're not the WWE or you're not AEW, drawing a dime for uh, local indie these days it, it's difficult to say the least okay all right fair enough now uh just thinking about the one of the events in toronto from years past kofi kingston i've gonna inherit this by the way so I, I have to bring him up kofi kingston <laughs> he became the the champ he was ruling the roost is he coming back what's happening to him is he done no, Kofi Kingston is actually, uh, he recently returned. So he, he was with, um, so he's still tag teaming with Xavier Woods. He's part of the faction, the New Day, who have been around for many, many years now. I think last night on, so we're recording this on a Tuesday, uh, on Monday night, him and Woods defeated Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle in tag team action. So I think Kofi and Xavier are in line for a shot at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the WWE Tag Team Championship. I'm a big Kofi Kingston fan. I think one of the best things WWE has done in recent memory was put the title on him at WrestleMania, uh, something that they didn't really probably want to do in, in, in retrospect, but the crowd got behind him. He's been someone who's been there for well over a decade at this point, so to see him in one of the main events hoisting the biggest prize in the company, a very special moment. So I'm happy to see him back, but he's he's now returning to more of a tag team role uh, his singles days uh, may be over, at least for the time being. Fair enough. Now, riddle me this, because I know there's a few pretty big events. There's WrestleMania we've talked about. There's SmackDown. There's the, the one where they fight for the money in the cage. And then there's Royal Rumble. What is your favorite of, of all the wrestling events? I know that you lean towards AEW if you have to choose AEW, between AEW and WWE, but of all the like the marquee events, which one is your favorite? Well, if you were to narrow down like the big events like WWE hosts, obviously you have WrestleMania, which is like their Super Bowl every year. 
Um, they have the Money in the Bank pay-per-view uh, where they have the, the women's and men's ladder matches, although I feel like I've reached my capacity for ladder matches. I could go a very good time without seeing a ladder match because uh, I don't want it to be done to death. But I think there's no beating the Royal Rumble. I just think that the surprise, the anticipation, the countdowns, you don't necessarily know who's going to be in it. Are you going to see some former names? Are you going to see some returns? AEW doesn't really have something like that. They don't have like their signature marquee match. I'm I'm hoping now that they got the license back for All In, they could start treating All In like it's WrestleMania and maybe put some more stake into that. But for right now, every January, the Royal Rumble, 30 men over the top rope gets you your winner and your main event for WrestleMania. Nothing beats that. Even though I'm not a WWE fan, the Rumble, hard to pass up. Absolutely. And it was hard to pass up this opportunity to have you on the show. So it's been a pleasure. Chris, we, we know we can find you on the... The former blue book, yeah, the former bluebird um, <laughs> at, at Walder Sports. Where else can we find you on social media? Yeah, I mean, uh, Walder Sports on Twitter or X or whatever the hell we're calling it these days, and uh, Instagram as well. You can give me a follow there at Walder Sports. Uh, my own personal podcast is going to be returning in September. It went on a hiatus over the summer, obviously with no basketball. Uh, I could have kept it going, but it was nice to spend some time with my wife. We went on a our honeymoon, of course, and uh, so yeah, the Walder Sports cast. Uh, subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download your shows. That'll be returning in September, so keep your eyes peeled. Absolutely. And just in time to, I guess, discuss the FIBA World Cup. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but Chris, before we let you go, can we get a bold prediction for you? Could be basketball, could be wrestling, could be anything for the rest of 2023. Rest of 2020, well, Canada's winning the World Cup. I mean, uh, what, I can't say any other country at this point. I don't want to lose my Canadian citizenship. I, I have high <laughs> hopes for Canada. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray's not going to be participating, but I still think they have a very strong roster. Uh, in terms of my big predictions, well, I would have said months ago that AEW All-In was going to... I remember seeing on Twitter some ESPN uh, MMA guy was saying, well, Wembley Stadium was only designed for this show to have like twenty or 25,000 fans, and then all of a sudden... A W has sold over 80,000 and now holds the record. So that would have been my big prediction. Uh, in terms of wrestling, you know what? I'm going to get bold here because a lot of people think it's not going to happen based on their relationship uh, currently. But I anticipate we are going to get CM Punk and Kenny Omega going one-on-one -on -one at some point before 2023 is up. Um, that's their big money match at this point. I think it's going to be, I think, you know, cooler heads will prevail and we will get that match. And you know what? The Toronto Raptors are going to win the NBA championship. You heard it here first. <laughs> yes, you did. Jeez Louise. <laughs> you Both definitely heard it here first. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you heard it here only. That's, that's just, what yeah, just, I heard it here only. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for 2023, right? <laughs> well, 2023, 2024, a little carryover in the next June, okay. you know. Kawhi right. Leonard, someone will return. We'll, we'll get some megastars here. Masai Ujiri, the gears are turning. Maybe James Harden, give him like a lifetime membership at Brass Rail or something. Exactly. Mm, oh, yeah. James Harden, <laughs> give him a lifetime supply of poutine, whatever the man prefers. We need some superstar blood back here in the sixth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see some more of that. That was great. Great, Chris. Thanks for yeah, that. Good having you on, buddy. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, 
full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasts experience, where no sport is left behind.